This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Happy Easter again. So we are at Galilee now. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We bless your name in the name of Jesus. We give you praise. We ask that by the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to the things of the Spirit and open our hearts to receive in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for everybody watching that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will open up this word into their hearts. You will teach us precept by precept, lines upon nights, here a little there, a little by the Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in again. And this morning, I just want to speak to us about something that is very crucial, very important. Dealing with the storms of life. And this will be in several parts. But today, precisely, I want to talk about dealing with offenses. Because people are offended when there is a situation that they cannot control. When the wind is contrary to them. When things don't go the way they want them to go. And I want to dwell majorly on issues affecting Christians. Amen. Dealing with offenses under dealing with the storms of life. You know, one of the things that we need to know is that when things happen, it's not just about what is happening. It's about the effect, the devastating effect it can have on your faith. So Jesus said to Peter in Luke chapter 22, if you start from verse 31, it says, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you, that he might sit you like a whiff. He said, but I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. So at times, the reason for the shake-up is for you to begin to doubt your faith and for your faith to fail. We are going to get to this in a while. Jesus did not pray that what was coming shouldn't happen to Peter. Jesus did not pray that the enemy would not attempt Peter. He didn't pray that the temptation wouldn't come to Peter. He prayed that his faith. Oh, glory to God. That's very important. See, straight away, that teaches us. And let me say this, even though we'll talk more about this later. We need to understand this very, this is very crucial. Now, listen to me. At times, when you pray, your prayer stops evil from coming. And there are examples in the Bible when you can stop something from happening by praying. But there is the second type, which a lot of Christians are not familiar. That's when people get offended. You can pray that it should not happen. It can sometimes, the power of prayer will not be to stop that evil. It will be to give you stamina in the midst of that evil. Oh God, that one is what gets people offended. And we are going to get down to practical issues. When people lose their jobs, when people lose, when believers lose a loved one, these are moments when people become vulnerable to suggestions of the devil. And then their faith begins to shake. And questions are coming up. One question after the other. One question 
after the other. And then people withdraw. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. So I want us to pay attention to this. That's why we are sharing this. Alright, so I want to start with, I will read some stories to us. Because this morning, it dropped in my spirit some two days ago that I should encourage believers who are passing, especially believers who are healthy right now. There are many believers listening to me. You are healthy. Some are offended with churches. Some with God. Some with fellow believers. You see bitterness and anger because when offense and offense is not dealt with, it becomes bitterness. And bitterness pollutes your spirit. It kills. Oh, how many people are in that state right now? So many people across the globe. And we look at what are the things causing this briefly. Why? why? You see, the Bible says in Luke chapter 17 verse 1. Let's read. That's where we start from and then we'll read some stories in the Bible. Please pay attention today and invite somebody. You will need to share this message with many people. In fact, when Corona saga is over, many people will need this message. Luke 17 verse 1. The Bible says, Then he said, that's Jesus, he said to his disciples, It is impossible, but offenses will come. But one to him through which they shall come. Offenses will come. Now, Matthew eleven six, Jesus said, Offenses will come. There will be occasions, there will be situations that will want to get you offended. Jesus said, Offenses will come. Now, this is about Jesus and John. Now, Jesus answered. John sent people to Jesus. Can you imagine? So, Jesus answered and he said, Blessed is he, verse 6, whoever shall not be offended in me. Oh, he said that to disciples of John. But that goes to all Christians. Blessed is the man that is not offended. Matthew 24 verse 10. The Bible says, then many shall be offended. That's why I'm talking about it. Now, just read Matthew 24 10. One of the signs of the end time. Jesus said this one will kingdom against kingdom, nation against nation, famine in many places, earthquake. Then he gave a sign that is very up. He said, then many, many shall be offended. Let's read. Uh, we, we come back to Mark 11, Matthew 11, because there's something to see in Matthew 11. But let's just read Matthew 24, verse 10. Look at what Jesus said. He said, many shall be offended, and they shall betray one another, and they shall hate one another. Oh, have you seen hatred among Christians lately? Do you know that most of the people who speak against churches are not even unbelievers? The Bible says that many shall be offended. They will betray one another. They will hate one another. One of the signs, so when you talk about earthquake, famine as one of the end times, I talk about offense also. That's what the Bible says. Many shall be offended. And then they shall betray one another. And they shall hate. Oh, dear Lord Jesus. They shall hate. So Matthew 11. I, I've seen this hatred and you see it's important that we, we discuss what are the things causing this. Exactly what happened between Jesus and John. John saw when the spirit descended 
like a dove. Now, there is also, <laughs> lately I've been telling a lot of theological debates here and there. There is also a debate whether um, John saw a symbol of a dove. So what people are arguing about is, is the Bible referring to the Holy Ghost descending like a dove? Or descending the way a dove would descend? So in other words, is it about the nature of the descent or the appearance of the Holy Ghost? Those who are saying the spirit, what the Bible says is that the spirit descended the way a dove would have descended, not that he descended in form of a symbol of a dove. What they are saying is that God already warned them in Exodus 20 that they must not represent God with any animal or birds. And it is true. God told them that when you saw God on the mountain, you saw no form, you saw no nothing. He said, be sure, he told Moses, be sure that I'm not represented by using any animal or any, any bird in the air. God gave that warning. So they are saying that, in other words, God will not contradict himself. I will warn them not to represent him with any image of any animal or any bird. He will do himself descend like a bird. So what they are saying is that the only God descended the way a bird would descend. That means he came that he didn't jump down, he descended slowly. That's what they are saying. That it's not that he descended in form of a dove. But that's not about whatever it is, that's not our, our stuff today. You know, people argue about many things anyway. But shall we know the Holy Ghost came down? <laughs> anyway, so that, that's the most important thing. But look at this very key thing. John saw all that, he saw heaven opened. And can you believe that chapter 11, Paul sent disciples, uh, sorry, John sent disciples. To go and ask Jesus, are you the one or should we look for someone else? Now, historians and theologians have told us, what happened here? Why would a man who saw the Spirit descending on somebody and who heard the voice, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased, what would make such a person to later start doubting offense? They have told us that what happened was that when John was in the prison, he probably, probably thought Jesus would come and rescue him. And when Jesus did not rescue him and Jesus continued to heal the sick and to preach everywhere, the same John that saw the Spirit descending, the same John that saw heaven open, the same John that heard the word of God that this is my beloved son, sent people to go and ask Jesus, sorry, are you the one or someone else? Offense can make you doubt anything. There are people who have been healed under certain ministrations. And then something will happen between them and that ministry and they forget all that has taken place. And Satan is an expert in making this happen. I have seen now people will receive help from friends. This They do it to church, they do it to friends. Your friend has bailed you out three, four times, is giving you money. Then you call the fourth time and he said, I don't have money and you become offended. So majorly, offenses come when there, there is a kind of unmet expectations. When people make requests and it's not granted, the most common for believers is when they pray about something and the answer doesn't come the way they want it to come. Oh, should we go practical? People get offended when they labor in church and they are not one of the leaders being selected. People get offended when they give and they are not appreciated. People get offended when their opinion is rejected. They are in a group and they suggest something. And the suggestion is not allowed. And they don't deal with it immediately. But see, the one I will touch on those ones, but the one I want to major on, 
believers get offended when they lose a lost a loved one or they lose a job or something in other words somebody is sick and you are praying for the person to get well and then the, the person departs to the other world resentment can set in and if you are listening to me you are either the one wanting to know what to do to help people like that or you are that kind of person in that situation i will talk more about how we can pray for people like that later but you see many times it's very common when a christian oh i have been, i have seen believers going through uh you know miscarriage and then when doctor gives the report they begin to exercise faith maybe the doctor says i know the baby is not kicking again or you see we are seeing blood or something they begin to stand by faith that no the baby will live this will happen and then it turns out to be uh the baby died eventually the future something happened and then they get offended then questions begin to come so what happened then they talk about people somebody is receiving the news they are going to sack people in the office and he's standing by faith oh in the name of jesus i will not be retrained blah and then he's making confession and then he comes and his name is there and then they go home and questions i want to say first of all that you are not you are not doing something bad by asking questions no no doubts about that but i'm saying that it can open door and begin to weaken your faith what do we do in this situation I know there are many millions of believers in this scenario, in this situation I've just described now. Hallelujah. I will give you examples. You see, we function by the understanding that we have. Oh, somebody's uncle, sister, brother can be sick. And you begin to pray. Someone's mom, dad. And then people join you in praying. And then you are standing, we shall live, not die. And the person dies. And then the first thing you want to do is that you don't want to go to church again. And then questions are coming up. And fear can even set in that you start thinking. Won't this happen to me? So for believers, many times people have prayed. But I want to explain something to you this morning. Please pay attention. Let's start with King David. A man after God's heart in under the old covenant. David slept with Bathsheba and produced a son. And the boy was sick. That's 2 Samuel chapter 12. If we start from around verse 16, the child was sick. And David began to fast. He fasted for seven days. You see, we need to learn from those who have gone ahead of us. The Bible says, be followers of those who through faith and patience. So sometimes, I'm also responding to some of the questions people asked me in the last two weeks. So David prayed, or he fasted, but the boy died. The elders in the house were so scared when the boy died, that they never wanted to tell David. They were like, when the boy was sick, he was fasting. Now that he's dead, maybe he will kill himself. But David shocked them. Oh, glory to God. Let's read. I want to read what he did. You see, when, when God looks down, and then uh, when he looked down in the old text, old comment, under the, and he said, this man, this man is a man after my earth. He said that for some reasons. Our God is a God of knowledge. The Bible says, by him, actions are weighed. You are not a believer. 
you are not known only by what you do when everything is good. What do you do in trying moments? This is when many are defeated. Let me say this also from this moment. Listen to me. Challenges will come. Trying moments will come. People will off you. Just like you two, you have hurt some people before. People will offend you. Things will not go your way. People who come to church are not perfect people. So even in the church, you will be offended. You'll be wounded. What will be said that can affect you? One of the things we do when people speak against us and we feel we get angry is that we don't quickly remember that we too have spoken against other people. It's very common. Oh, and then we start. But, you, but, but are you saying that you have, you have never? Let's see. Let's look at it. That's what I'm saying. It's right that people do all those. I'm just saying. Let's read for Second Samuel, Second Samuel chapter 12. This is a story that, that blesses. You know, Verse 19, the Bible says from verse 16, it was fasting and Verse 19 says, But when David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore, David said unto them, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. David rose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came to the house of the Lord and worshiped. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that. Maybe not today. Our worship can heal you from within. The first thing Satan wants you to do when you are wounded is to move away from worship. He understands what he's shooting for. But you say, learn from men who walk with God. Even though this happened under the old, old covenant, but he walked with God. When they told David that the boy was, he shocked the elders. David got up, he went to have his bath, and straight away went to the temple to have a time of worship. Oh, glory to God. And the elders were looking at him. I believe that not only the elders, even God was looking at him. Host of heaven, they were looking at him. What manner of man is this? This is not normal. He got up and he went to worship. He prayed. And I said the prayers were not answered. They weren't answered. But David was not discouraged. You see, at times, I so pray in the spirit against something, trying to prevent it from happening by praying. If you have prayed very well, and it's still when and you are praying that you are praying that you are praying, you are praying against something, you are praying to stop it from happening, and it happens notwithstanding. Don't worry. At times, the work of the prayer is to build strength in you. That thing can happen. And then God can turn it to your good. The Bible says all things work together. All things means good, bad, ugly, together. So there are things that will happen to us. Initially, they will look bad. But as you persist in the place of prayer, they are turned around. As you pray, it will outrightly stop some things from happening. That's what I want everybody to get this morning. It will stop some things. But it will stop some other things. They will happen. But you will stand in the midst of them. And then the third level is that some will happen, they will work for your greater good. See, this is why in the Bible, one of the fruits of the Spirit is endurance, is patience. Because some things will happen, you will shout for joy because your faith will block up some things. But there is the other aspect of faith. 
there is faith for holding on when everything is dark. Present day believers don't like that aspect of faith. But you can't do away with it. There is a faith that causes something, causes it, and it happens. And you rejoice, we share both God's testimony. But there is also the other side of faith the faith that makes you stand, even though everything is dark around you and you are standing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you are ready, Bruce, in level, you will understand better. Some stop the mouth of lion through faith. But the Bible says others were tortured. It's still under faith. The Bible says some were, they were beaten. They were, oh, they were destitute. Roaming around the caves and the rocks. Some refused deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. It's still under faith. All of them were classed under faith. That's the faith that many people don't understand. If you are not rooted in this kind of faith, you will jump and shout for joy when things are okay. When you are offended, when things go against you, you withdraw. How many people are in this situation? They are Christian life fluctuates. Like the children of Israel. They will see manna, they rejoice. They will see battle, they will complain. See manna, rejoice. See battle, complain. See wind, rejoice. And then they will eat fish, they will rejoice. And they will see the uh, sons of Anakim, and then they will complain. If you study from Exodus to Deuteronomy, it was a story of ups and downs. Complaining, victory, complaining, victory. For how long will believers do this? That's what I'm sharing with you. I'm going to show you two more examples. Remember, oh, glory to God. Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. If we start from around verse 8, 9, Paul said, or from 7, he prayed. He said, he turned in the flesh, a messenger of Satan was given to him. He said, he prayed three times that he might depart from him. And God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. Now, Paul wanted God to remove whatever the thorn in the flesh was. We are not told in the Bible. There are speculations. But the Bible didn't tell us what exactly Paul's thorn in the flesh was. But whatever it was, it wasn't comfortable. It wasn't palatable. Because Paul prayed that, Lord, let this depart. He prayed three times. I I'm sure Paul didn't just say, Lord, just let it. No. He went into serious prayers on three different occasions. And the Bible says, all that God said, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. That means Paul was saying, if you read it very well, the thing did not depart. Paul lived with it. He now said, I will glory in my weakness. God just made that thing to work out something good in Paul. Look, we have to tell people this aspect. Otherwise, you cannot have a complete faith. You can sit down in the church and hear great testimonies. And it looks as if it's not happening to you. Don't become offended. Hallelujah. So what, one day, I just discovered that what happened, the same event happened to the house built on the rock and the house built on sound in Matthew 7 from verse 24. The Bible said the storm came. So I am saying that, first of all, that your Christianity is built on solid rock does not mean that the sound and the wind will not come. The same thing happened to the two houses. One went down. So we can say, when challenges of life, when they come, and you crumble in the face of it, 
it means that you are not solidly rooted. Yes. This is why that prayer in Colossians chapter 1, that you'll be strengthened with might in your inner man, is important. Verse 11. But we are going to read the prayer there because I'm going to pray for those who are weak right now. And then I'm going to ask believers to start praying these prayers for people. You see, you become vulnerable when you are wounded. If you want natural wild, you discover lions, hyenas, wild dogs, they pounce on animals that are weak or animals that are ostracized. It's amazing how four lions, just four, will take on 200 buffaloes. The buffaloes are bigger, sharp horns, and they are more in number, 200 of them. The lions will just charge towards them. They will just run. And the buffaloes will run. And one will run in a different direction. And they will cuddle up that one. And that's the meat for the day. When the enemy rushes at you also at a church, at people, is to get somebody to deviate, separate a person from the rest. And they cuddle up that person. Don't you think that is what is happening to you? When there is a situation and you stop going to church, you are playing into the hands of the enemy. You are doing the opposite of what David did. You are a believer, you are a worshiper. Act like David. Act like people in the Bible. Paul did not get angry that the thorn in the flesh was not removed when he prayed to God three good times. Part of it might be that many times preachers don't tell people that we to experience trials. Listen to me. There is no crusade on earth. There is no evangelist or any miracle worker. There is no crusade. That they will tell you that everyone that was sick at the crusade got healed every single time a crusade was organized. In other words, I'm going to say something to you. There can be one meeting where everybody is here, but not every meeting every day. Listen. Ultimately, we will understand some things when we get to heaven. The secret things, they belong to God. Deuteronomy 29, 29, forever. So there will be questions. But don't let it come from, don't become discouraged. When there's a question, seek it in the place of prayer. But don't say, I, if not, what some people even say that, they say that, I, I know I'm not angry with God, I just want to stay up church for a while to get answers to my need. That is not how to get answers to your need. You see, I'm going to end this broadcast by saying that you should be part of a praying community. It's a suggestion. It's, a, it's, it's an advice. That every Christian, you have five, you have a group of people that you pray with. Can I say this? The rule, that this is the rule to that. This is very important. If you have a group you are praying with, it must be a group without hypocrisy. If you are talking, if there is somebody in the group that you, you don't like or you disagree with or who disagree with, so please leave the group. It will not help you. It will not help the group. When it comes to prayer of agreement, praying with people, there must be, you must be on the same page absolutely. Once there is discord, however small it is, it will rob you of the power that should emanate from that group. It's very important. So this is why people pray prayer of agreement and they don't see results. Some are offended. You cannot pray prayer of agreement with people you are fighting with. This is why, you know, I belong to a praying group. You must not tolerate offense in that group. Oh, the devil has wounded many. 
using this skill, using this. So at times, let's say it again, when we pray. So let's use a job as an example. A Christian is praying that, oh Lord, they are talking about retrenching star, I don't want to be retrenched. The first part, the first possibility after praying is that you are eliminated, you are exonerated from the people to be sacked and you rejoice to share testimony. But you say you can pray the same way and your name can still come out in the list. Are you going to rejoice? Knowing that because you are prayed, then a bigger purpose is at work. So now, prayer can work in two ways or in three ways. Number one, it can stop you from being among those who will be sacked. Number two, you can be among. Instead of you to break down at home, there is energy from within. You are strong. You are even the one encouraging the others. Then there is the third one, which the second one we always lead to. After you are fired and you, are, you don't lose your joy, then a bigger opportunity opens up. Like Paul was arrested and then Paul said, the thing that happened to me has turned to the furtherance of the gospel. He was going from city to city preaching. He was arrested. Instead of the gospel to stop, now we have gospel according to Paul all around now by the Holy Spirit. So th these are the three possibilities. To stop it, not to stop it but receive strength in it. The third one, it works ultimately together. It works out for your good. Hallelujah. Sincerely speaking, we go through pain at times. Then later, you are in the best position to help those who are in pain. That's why the Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations and trials. So I'm saying this to everybody. The Bible says he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes, we are healed. Isaiah 53. Now that we are healed, it's not limited to physical healing. Also mental and emotional healing. No wonder Jesus did not shed his blood just on one spot. I've told you before. When they put the crown torn on his head, blood came out. One place. They pull his beard, blood came out one, another place. Stripes on his back, blood came out another place. In the garden he was praying, sweat as deep as blood, another place. Then the leg, another place. Then the hand, another place. Then the side, blood and water gushed out. About several places in all. To show that every aspect of human life Plucking his beard, if you understand the old Jewish tradition, had to do with shame. So his blood was shed to preserve you from shame. I believe the one on his head that entered his head is about mental situations. Hallelujah. So I'm sharing with everybody. Because when offense is not dealt with, it becomes bitterness. And bitterness pollutes your spirit. There was no record that Cain was a bad person until bitterness set in and he killed his own brother. Bitterness will make you kill anything. You see, I have seen, I have met pastors who have become so bitter and they are the greatest antagonists of other pastors. 
that's not my but i just want to pick some stories from there you see these things i, I will say two things that will help you one is this whatever you do do it unto god not unto men otherwise when men do appreciate you you will get offended praise god let me give you an example i know a pastor when two people in the church wanted to get married in his church the parent did not want to agree and there was an issue between the two parents this pastor was going from this parent to this parent begging it had to do with tribe and some other things he was prostrating he begged and begged this parent begged this parent he would drive to their house it took them months finally the parents agreed that it should be that the marriage should be after the pastor begged and begged and begged and they swear i mean and these people got married when they got married the first thing that happened within three months of their wedding they told the pastor they didn't even tell they just moved to another church they said that they found a a, a nicer church the pastor was depressed when i was in ui there was a guy he got angry with fellowship and with everybody. He asked a girl out in his church, just somewhere outside UI, one of the churches close to the university. But then there were students, it was a student, they were going to the church. And he asked out this girl. And she, she said, okay, I'll give you an answer later. The answer didn't come on time. Then one, nice, one guy just came to the church. About six months, the girl didn't give him an answer. And this, girl, this guy, had, I mean, a very charismatic guy, you know, with all his charisma, asked out this girl and then she said yes to this to this new guy then the old guy went to meet the pastor and he said sister let's say sister Agnes <laughs> I, asked, I asked Agnes out like six months ago she kept posting me now she has said yes to this guy and the pastor said well that's sad but I cannot tell Agnes who to say yes to who not to say yes to the pastor must have been someone like myself we don't control people's life he said Agnes is not a young girl she has to write to determine who she wants to be with. Yes, it's bad that she, she, she held you, she, she didn't give you an answer on time, and then she went to answer someone else. But I cannot say to her, leave this one for this. A pastor shouldn't do that. The guy came back to school in anger. It, the first thing he did was to throw away his Bible. All this Christianity, blah, 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 blah. and then of course, it was surrounded by guys who, who liked that kind of thing. Church, forget church. And from that day, he said bye-bye. He ended up joining court, uh, 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 no court. I mean, he joined the court group. He was so offended, he hated Christians. It was years after when somebody was preaching to him that he told the person what really happened. The person now asked him a question that in your heart of hearts, do you really think the pastor did something wrong? Then he kept quiet for a while. And he said, come to think of it truly. That was he supposed to command the girl to, to start dating me? After wasting years, join a court group because things did not go his way i've seen this many times how people get offended hallelujah this tells you that cannot be the spirit of god offense what every pastor must accept i'm a young pastor i'm just saying this is the fact that look every ship belongs to jesus People will leave. People will come. Don't hate another church because people are leaving you to go there. 
Otherwise, you become offended and you lose more people when you have that kind of mind. Oh, dear Lord Jesus. You can be misunderstood in the church. Don't get offended. You can labor so much. So what we help you is to decide from the beginning. Whatever you do, you do for the Lord. Now, it's, it's wrong not to appreciate people. Sometimes people give so much to a project and then nobody says thank you or anything. Now, it's wrong not to say thank you. Paul said thank you to a lot of people in the Bible. Jesus said thank you to some of the churches in Revelation. At least he acknowledged that. He said, I know your works. And he started with the good things that they did. He recognized the good things that they did. So recognition is not wrong if it's not done in the flesh. But what of if you are not recognized? Do you get angry? What will help you is to have understood from the beginning that I have done it to the Lord. Oh, I would have been happy if I, but if I'm not appreciated, it doesn't change anything. That's very important. But today I'm handing this speaking with those who are wounded. Did you pray for somebody and the person eventually died? Did you pray against something and eventually happened? And now you are in your bed. You are even beginning to question the whole idea of Christianity. Anytime you see somebody come up with a blog or something on Facebook and to begin to question miracles and all these things, it's because most times they prayed about something. They prayed about something. If only they were a little more patient, they would have seen the answer. I will talk more another day about at what time should a Christian stop praying and know? For instance, somebody has been at home for two, three years looking for a job and you are praying and praying and praying. Even though we also say that when you are at home, find something to do. You don't have to always start with the kind of job that you want. But let's say you are praying about the job and it's not coming and you want to know, at what time do I stop praying? At what time do I know that God has answered me and I need to stop praying? Or do I continue to pray perpetually, pray forever? We'll answer that another day. But for those who are wounded right now, maybe somebody even lied against you somewhere. Maybe a relationship that you so much cherished. Oh, Christian women have prayed about their marriage not breaking and it broke eventually. Several situations like that. People have prayed in caution when somebody said, I'm not doing it again, and you beg the person, don't go. And then you decide to go into fasting. Lord, don't let her leave me. And then eventually, she left. Or he left. And it's painful. And then you began to prophesy, she's going to come back. He that shall come, shall come and shall not tarry. And then after praying, it looks like there's an anointing. You know, now there's an anointing on you, and now you're about to prophesy, and then you are prophesying. Maybe it's happened to you. Maybe there was an anointing on you, and then you prophesied. And it just never until. Oh, there is a, a brother that that happened to in a city I don't want to mention because those who are concerned will know. This is a very uh, an open story. I know those, some of the people watching me, you understand straight away. Not in Lagos. I told the story before. But then people, some of the people watching me, you were there alive, you saw it. How he asked out a lady and she said, no, boy, he was believing God. This brother fasted for 40 days. 40 days. With just juice and tea alone. 
And after 14 days, he came out to announce to all of us that she was going to marry him. And then, finally, the girl brought invitation, the wedding invitation to him. He looked at the wedding IV and he spoke over it that this wedding will not hold. That it, she's for me. That after 40 days, I was told by the Lord, I heard the voice. Maybe another day we'll deal with those who have heard something. And it's not so. They've heard it. Say, I am. And eventually, until a night to that wedding, he was still confessing that no. I don't know what he expected. Maybe the husband before that and that, whatever. Then <laughs> they got married. He went into depression. Up till today. This story happened like 10, over 10 years ago. He's yet to recover. He sits down looking. Oh, I pray that somebody will pray for that brother to be strengthened with might. You see, we are not interested in losing any Christian. We should pray. And if you are strong, don't judge and hit on those who are like this. You can correct and share with them, but beyond that, pray for them. I want to say this to everybody. See, all believers listening to me. When somebody loses his dad, his mom, his brother, and they tell you, I'm fine, don't worry. Still pray for them in your closet. Many times they are in a vulnerable state. And the wicked spirits, they come in and begin to suggest things. What happens to many people is that when something happens, they pretend as if they are fine. Some of them even think they are fine initially. But see, by and large, whispers will begin to come. In the night, they might just want to sleep and think about that person, and then it will lead to a question. So, why did my wife die of cancer? So, is this healing really real? Even though there is somebody personally who has experienced the healing power of God. You see, how does this happen? This is what I've told people before. Listen to me. Seeing visions does not necessarily build faith in you. Going on a visit to heaven does not mean you cannot doubt heaven. It will shock you. That people can have their eyes open to the realm of the spirit and years after there is oh God old saints in UI they will know old saints in UI they will know someone many of many many people in that set maybe uh, 91 92, I was not in UI I mean I was from <laughs> I was a, a very young boy 91 1993 the story happened because he went round in UI the guy healed crippled legs severally he was a medical student now he's a doctor in one of the countries abroad. He's one of the people championing gay rights and one of the people who hate Christianity most and who is an atheist that does not believe in the existence of God. You say, how can that be? I will answer you from the Bible now. This guy on his Facebook now, on, on his page now, anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-anything God. He says he's an atheist now. He healed all kinds of diseases. Even in world round as a doctor in usage then. Some of the patients were healed that doctors who were not Christians attested to the fact that this guy healed some people. He's abroad. They used to pray in tongues for six hours then. He's abroad now and he does not believe in the existence of God again. How can that be? Go and read Hebrews chapter 6. Why did Paul say that it is in Paul, the writer of Hebrew, there's also a dispute about some believe that Paul wrote Hebrew, some said whoever wrote Hebrew. Say that it is impossible for those who were enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gifts, who are partakers of the Holy Ghost, who are part powers of the age to come, 
when they fought to renew them again is impossible. So it is possible for somebody to have been a partaker of the Holy Ghost, to have been a partaker of the heavenly gifts, to have tasted the power of the age to come, and to fall back. And that kind of fall that Apostle Paul was talking about, not just doing something wrong, talking about them denying Jesus outrightly. So people can rise to that level. And he said when people do that, who have tasted that level of glory, and they turn back, he said they consider the blood of sacrifice something useless. So Hebrews says it can happen. So it can happen. So that means it's no guarantee that somebody seeing vision. We can see vision when doubt hits you and you are not rooted in the word of God. You will doubt even the vision that you have seen. Everybody listening to me, please, first of all, spend time praying in tongues every day. Then, please be part of a praying group. The apostles were threatened. They didn't say, they didn't say we are apostles, nothing can happen. No, no, no shaking. They went to their own company and they prayed. You must have a company. I've been saying this for several months. You must have a company of people that you pray with. What you don't receive, they will receive. But it must be done without hypocrisy, without... You must have one heart, one soul. It's important. When you pray with people who also talk about one another behind two walk, and you also don't talk about anybody. From the da- days I was investing, it pays people when people talk about them, but they don't realize that also they inflict pain when they talk about other people. These are common issues among believers. So let brotherly love continue. Don't be offended. I pray for everybody healthy one way or the other. Jesus Christ is the healer. He was wounded for your transgression. By his stripes, you were healed. So in the name of Jesus, let that healing manifest. I pray, Colossians 1, 11, for you. In the name of Jesus, let's read together. And I want everyone who is a leader, maybe you are in the prayer department of a church, you are a pastor, always pray this prayer for your people. Casualties will be grossly limited when you pray this prayer for them. Let's start from what Paul said. From verse 10, verse 9. For this cause, since the day we heard, Colossians 1 9, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and all spiritual understanding. First of all, always pray for people to be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and all spiritual understanding. Next verse, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. And increasing in the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. Increasing the knowledge of God. Verse 11 is where I'm really going. This is important for those who need. It says, strengthen with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Patience and long-suffering. So the situation does not look good. But the person endures. It happens when there are people praying for them. They endure with joy. They endure with joy. They endure with joy when there are people praying for them. Long-suffering. Endurance with joy. He said you pray that they be strengthened with might. When that might is not there, they become weak and they fall. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I worship you, Jesus. I give you praise. Is someone blessed this morning? Please send this message around and encourage people with it. Enough of believers falling 
for the tricks of the devil. Getting offended. Getting angry. Getting offended with people in the church, with God, with family members, with people. Your answer, your supply, your help, they come from God through men. And God can use anybody. But if you put your eyes on men, you'll be offended. You can call your uncle. And uncle says there's no money. And you know he's very rich and you're angry. You're offended. All these reasons, people get offended. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. I bless you in the name of the Lord. That you are strengthened with might unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness in the name of Jesus Christ. That the Spirit of God will uphold you. I pray that the Lord will comfort all those who mourn in Zion. It will give you beautiful ashes, oil of gladness for mourning, garment of praise instead of spirit of heaviness. I believe that there are people listening to me now. You need to call some people and apologize. You need to call and check on some, check, check on some, check on some people. I pray that the Lord will grant you the strength and the grace to do so. We bless the name of the Lord. Thank you for this broadcast. We love you and God bless you. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.